Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! the final Furlan podcast Christmas special on attheracers.com iTunes SoundCloud Podcast Republic and all those other podcast apps I'm Emmons Kennedy joined as always by my partner in crime Mr. Kevin Blake hello 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 I see you brought the sleigh bells with you oh Boise's Christmas balls (laughs) (laughs) it's an image that nobody nobody needs Producer Deirdre is in studio as well. Hello, Producer D. Happy Christmas, guys. We just want to first of all say a very thank you, very big thank you, I should say, uh, to Glenn Sargent, long-time listener, uh, who sent us all Christmas presents. What a hero. So he sent us Final Problem Podcast t-shirts. Thank you very much, sir. He also sent Producer Deirdre nice chocolate, very fancy chocolate. You know the way to my heart, Glenn. Thank you so, so much. I love that chocolate. Kevin Blake is always eating Maltesers, so he sent him Maltesers and he sent me some Skittles. So thank you very, very much. Unfortunately, there were no presents in the Christmas stocking for Rory DeLarge. But um, there's a message here. Other listeners, cop onto yourselves. Oh, for goodness sake. Send us more presents. Stop, stop, stop. Glenn is leading the way. Stop. Cop onto yourselves. Glenn, you're a kind man. Thank you very much and Merry (laughs) Christmas to you, sir. Uh, Rory DeLarge, welcome back to the show, my friend. It's a pleasure to be back. And from Betfair.com, Mr. Tony Keenan. Hello and happy Christmas, lads. Merry Christmas. We've got the mulled wine. We've got some mince pies. We're waiting on the gravy, though. Tony, do they celebrate Christmas in Cavan? <laughs> Every four years, <laughs> Lashings of Christmas gravy, hopefully, in the words of some sage advice from the teams. Let's first of all talk about the feature race of Christmas, the one that gets us all going. The King George, dominated for so many years by Cado Star, and Cucard, a horse that we would have long scoffed at the notion of him winning a grade one chase over three miles, is now pretty much the some three... Of would. <laughs> some of us Some of us, though, in the name of Roy DeLarge, were absolutely convinced... Uh, that he was ideal for this race and uh, he's going for back-to-back wins so Rory we'll start with you the defection of Coney Greed due to a poor workout by the way he's still priced up by some bookmakers cop on yourselves we won't uh, focus too much on that he was so good last time out I guess the big question is trying to figure out who else is going to turn up but he is obviously going to be the one to take all the beating here Rory yeah whoever turns up he's going to have an outstanding chance Um, he's undoubtedly the horse to beat and although one or two people were um keen to suggest that he might not be the force of old when he was beaten at Weatherby on his return. He was, to my eye, as good as ever when he won at Haylock. I thought it was a hugely impressive performance in the Betfair Chase. I know that um, most of them couldn't live with him and Coney Gree, but that just shows you how good the, the front two were there. It's just a mm. shame that Coney Gree is not going to be um, in opposition on uh, St. Stephen's Day. But um, the old boy is... He's no hasn't uh, deteriorated an ounce from his very peak. If anything, he's a more potent force now than he was three years ago. It is a real shame that Coney is not going to be there for several reasons. I mean, one of them being the fact that he's a high-class racehorse. But there also seemed to be quiet confidence that he could turn the form around. Uh, in terms of opposition to, to him, now that, now that he's not there, Rory, who would you see as being the biggest danger to Cucard? 
Well, I suppose if this crack turns up, I mean, he will be. He's priced up at 11 to 8 with a run uh, with a couple of firms. And that gives you the indication that, you know, he may well go there. Some people think he's more likely to go now that Coney Gray's out. Now, you're sipping gravy on a constant basis, Mr. Colin Tizard. You're down (laughs) there having a few glasses of brandy. What's the inside? What's the inside track? I don't know. I'm not going to claim to know exactly what what Colin plans, but obviously he's he's mulling options um, over Christmas. I, I don't think he needs to go to Kempton at all. For either this or the Feltham, it just it, it you know that tends to be the the one place to go. Um, he needs to be in a competitive race at some stage. This is clearly going to be more competitive than the Feltham, but you know he would be potentially spoiling Qcar's chance of the million pound bonus which he missed out on last year. Um, not that he'd worry about that come March, but given that Coney Gree will now be either going, assuming that all's well with him, either to the Cotswold Chase at Cheltenham in January or to the Denman Chase at Newbury. For me, that is the most obvious chance for Thistlecrack to take on top-class opposition before the Gold Cup. Um, and the fact that he might have that clash with, with Coney Gree would make me want to aim him at whatever race um, the Bradstock gelding goes for rather than rush him into the King George. The thing is, obviously Q card is there, but the King George is going to have no depth. Mm. You know, T for three, T for two, sorry, is currently the, the, the third fav. You know, he's a 153 horse. He's as short as 6-1 to one with one for him. You know, there's, that's, there's, that's a shocking price, isn't yeah. it? There's, there's no depth and I there. I really like the horse, but it's a terrible price. Yeah. You know, he's, I, and the point I'm making is that, you know, take out cue card, the King George isn't going to be that much of a, of a stronger race, probably, than what he's what he'll meet in the novice race. Yeah. No, that's it. But it, there's no... For me, there's no real benefit then to running him. You're, you're running him almost in a match with... Well, not quite in a match. But you're just taking on cue card for the sake of, sake of taking on cue card, and they can do that at home if they want to do it. Presumably, some Irish trainer is going to be very tempted to go here now. Well, the Lexus isn't going to be a whole lot better. You know, it's, it's amazing the way this staying chase division has has thinned out. You know, I remember this time last year where we thought we were building up to the King George and building up to the Lexus as well. You know, look what, what's fallen by the wayside since. Mm. You know, Vautour, Don Cossack. You know, there's quite a few have fallen away since then, and all of a sudden this division is getting a little bit light. You know, this time last year we were saying it was without question the most exciting division in in, in the sport. Yeah. And now it's all of a sudden looking a bit thin, isn't it? Well, you think of the strength and depth of last year's race, Poor Vatour, who we lost this year, Don Cossack's on the sidelines. That epic finish, two of those horses aren't in the lineup. Coney Gree was on the sidelines. He now misses this race as well. And once you take those elite horses out, Jackadam won't go here. It becomes quite a weaker race. We've heard today that Justice Hill is going to be supplemented. He conquered uh, T for two last time out. Would you see him as a player, Rory? Uh, absolutely no chance whatsoever. <laughs> absolutely no chance. I, I, I'll tell you what, if, if only three of them rock up, then he's got a chance. A, he won't stay. B, he can only jump when he's in isolation. Yeah. If he's, if he's among horses, he's going to be losing chunks of ground at every fence and I know you can look at his runs recently and say oh he's jumped he jumped pretty well at Huntington and he did well the last time he went to Kempton but he's virtually been had a schooling round he was given an uncontested lead in the Peterborough where the horse who shaped best was T for two um, and that was a very promising run with a view to running in the King George and I thought to myself I might back him each way thinking he'd be 33 to 1 6 to 1 yeah Given his rating, I know he won, you know, he was beaten in a handicap of 153 at Ascot. Uh, and you think on that basis, he has to be an enormous price for this. Um, eight to one general. He's going to drift on the day because I think, you know, Tony Calvin put him up as well straight after Huntington has 
you know, a horse who would clearly be going for the King George. Um, so he's a confirmed runner and he was a half decent price at that stage. Uh, whoever turns up on the day, he has to be a drifter. And he's a, I think he's a decent place only bet on the day, but you couldn't touch him at the current prices because, you know, as, as the expression goes, he's well found now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's an interesting one if you're looking for, for, um, for exotic bets on the day, but he's two stone inferior to Cucart. So Rory, there's something else in the market that tempts you in. Uh, there's nothing that tends to be in the market at the moment, but it's the it's the usual story with races like this. He's odds on now on the day of the race, so the day before the race, or even the day before that when they get final decks. Some bookmakers will be keen to get him and go odds against again. So if you want to back him, you might as well um, hold your fire. We don't know who's going to be supplemented at this stage. We don't know. I mean, theoretically, Duvan could rock up, couldn't he? No, that's not going to happen. It's, it's massively, massively unlikely. But if he suddenly appeared in the decks, um, then you know. Or if the, I, I would right have, people, what about the other people started backing him for this? I would have thought it would be more likely that Jackadam would be supplemented. I, yes, what, obviously, Duvans it doesn't need to be supplemented. He's in there already. Yeah. What about Vroom Vroom? Yeah, and she would be a, and she wouldn't have to be. Vroom Vroom would have a big, would have a fair chance. She'd be She's in the, the mix. Thing, we, we say that though. She hasn't run over fences since what November 2015, and I it was all small that. field races against mares. I wouldn't mind it. She jumps hurdles like like a, like a mare that wants to go back over fences. Yeah. Oh, she does, yeah, yeah. Uh, She's got five Grade One entries over the Christmas period. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to see her in the King George. I think we just out of you know the satisfied curiosity to see how far she can go over fences because you know that you know it's fully understandable what they're doing with her, but I think that would be a, a race well, to really show us what she can do, and I think she could she could compete. Okay, I, I'd like to see her in the Christmas hurdles. So we're on opposing sides of the fence there. Tony Keenan, what is your view on the King George now that Coney Gree is out? Yeah, basically what Rory said, I uh, look at it's going to cut up into a small field. Um, I'd be like yourself, Emma, I think for Mike's Mike's more likely to run over hurdles than a probably Christmas hurdle um, camping version. But no, no bet in the field at all for me at this point. It's a shame, really, because it's such a prestigious race and it is one of the festive highlights. And it's very difficult now, Kevin, to find a bet in it. It is, but look, like we say, the division has just gone a bit thin. But I suppose the most interesting conversation you can have about the race is, is the, the theoretical one of if Crack does run. Number one, how do they bet? And number two, what's going to happen? Because mm. that would be a fierce betting slash opinion race if it happened. Because they're, they're pretty much going to be even money each of two, aren't they? Give or take. So the advantage for connections would be they get to find out just how good Thistlecrack is over fences. They also get to educate the horse and give him that little bit more of uh, of a sighter before Cheltenham. The negative is if he gets beaten, the bubble is somewhat burst. Now, maybe he's educated and learns from it and becomes more hardened over fences for the Gold Cup. But perhaps you then start to think, oh, dearie me, maybe we should go back over hurdles. I do. Like if he, let's just say, hypothetically, if he finished the... Uh, three or four length second to cue card like that's a fabulous run I know and obviously if you're beaten mm. you're going there's going to be some element of negativity but it's I the same as Vitor last year yeah I couldn't see any reason not to boot on off the back of that you know that that, that would arguably be a perfect result for the Tizards because mm. cue card will still be on target for the the big seven figure bonus and and Tizzler crack you, you've learned something about him and you're still on track technically you know in terms of having a bet in the race is there anything that tempts you oh look vroom vroom but if you want to take that chance you know, you're playing William Mullins bingo, which isn't the, the most enjoyable game most of the time. But if she were to run, I'd give her a super chance of, of going pretty close. Other Irish horses to talk about? 
In that particular race, mm-hmm. not especially. Um, the vast majority of the Irish entries here. Well, will, let's talk will, about will the fact that Gigginstown have got so many horses entered in this race. They've got last year's Lexus winner, the mighty Dompoli, <laughs> who you love and I love, and we all love as we should, but was bitterly disappointing. Second favourite for the Lexus, yet he's a fifty to one shot for this. I mean, it's probably a big price that he would turn up. But they've also got Road to Riches. They've got Outlander. Like you'd imagine, Gigginstown would send something over here if Alcalito commits to the Lexus. <laughs> Do they send a, a second string or B team horse for this race? You, you say that, but I don't think it's a certainty they do. I think they, my, my, Michael O'Leary wouldn't be one for a, for a social runner over at the other side of the water, especially, you know? Mm. I'd rather run six in Alexis than one in this now, I think. I, I think I'd be, I'd be of the same view, yeah. Okay. So can we find something at a big price that tempts you? Well, Vroom Vroom's a big price if you want to take that chance, but. Nothing else interests you? Not especially, no. So is this just cute cards race to lose then? Well, unless your man turns up. This'll crack. It's a pity, but that, that's where we are. That's yeah. where we are with this race. What price is he going to go off if Thistle Crack doesn't turn up? He's probably going to go off four to seven? No, he won't be going off that shot. Mm, we be, won't be far off. I know, I, know, I know on the ratings he should be, but people will still people will still argue that, you know, they've been opposing him for years. He's, he's 10 turning 11. He's running three King Georges before. He's been beaten twice and scraped home once from a non-stayer. They will think they can get him beaten again. So I think he ends up being even money. Well, you look uh, you look what's going to turn up, realistically. You're going to have T for two, Justice Hill, and Silvinaco Conti. And then Turk the Trees, the, the pick, the, yeah. the rest, you know. He, he has to be shorter. Ugh. He has to be yeah, shorter. But there, is, but there is still a reasonable chance of a wild card turning up there. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I hope for the race it happens. But yeah, okay. So final selections for the King George Kevin. Um, vroom vroom. Speculative. Okay, you're wrong. She goes for the Christmas start life. She's not- <laughs> now I could look like a complete utter idiot by the time this podcast <laughs> is uploaded. Deathraces dot com. Uh, Tony Keenan. And Rory. Yeah, cue card, but don't be piling in at odds on now. Yeah, let's move on to the Christmas hurdle. So Yanworth, oh, yeah, boy, yeah. they decide to go here as opposed to running at Cheltenham a couple of weeks back. He might take on the winner of that race, the new one, who's had his chasing campaign put on hold. Um, Vroom Vroom Mag is also entered in this race, as is Chitabello. And then it's a case of a bunch of rags, really, isn't it, Kevin? I mean, Yanworth, we've talked about him a good bit on the show. He ran a cracker in the Neptune last season. He's come back against Little Rockefeller, where he didn't do it as visually, as impressively as some might have expected. But there was, for me, there was a lot to take out of that and a lot to like about it. This is where he gets to put his champion hurdle credentials firmly on the line. How do you expect him to do? Oh, I think he'll win. Uh, I'm just happy that they've gone down this road. Because we, we, you know, we talked about it at length on a few different podcasts that we weren't especially. Com- I don't think any of us were really especially comfortable with him going up to the three miles. No. Now it does happen that Mr. J.P. McManus has a pretty decent stare in the shape of you know what I mean, Harry. Yeah, that that was obviously the, the crucial one, and you know Jeski perhaps waiting in the wings to jump into that bandwagon as well. So um, I'm glad they're going down this road. You know, he could have been more impressive. Certainly, on his comeback, um, little Rockefeller did did a little bit for the form last time, but probably just he was second. You know what I mean, Harry? Just gave, just gives it a slightly more solid look. But Janworth, I suppose the only question mark I have about him is his jumping. You'd like to see him jump a little bit slicker if he's going to be a champion hurdler. But um, I think he does it fine. I think coming back in trip will help him. He'll he'll settle a bit better and maybe he'll jump a bit better uh, at the faster pace too. And uh, I expect him to come on from that run too. So yeah, look, I, I'd be. Dis- disappointed if he doesn't go and win will he be okay on a fast flat track like Kempton well we'll we'll know exactly how much pace he has after this I think he'll be just fine 
Tony Keenan, we know that Rich Ritchie loves to have runners at Kempton over Christmas. He's got two entered. Interestingly, Faheen, who would be making his seasonal debut, uh, the former champion hurdle winner and defending Irish champion hurdle winner if he runs. But he also, very intriguingly, as we've said, has Vroom Vroom Mag entered. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Christmas hurdle? I suppose um, Irish racing seems to be the big beneficiary of this Giganstown split. Um, we've comp- had competitive racing there this afternoon at Nav and very competitive racing over the past few weekends, Punchestown and Fairy House. And if Rich Ritchie, Willie Mullins decide they're going to run Faheen or Room Room Mag at home, um, you're going to have a very, very one-sided race, which is going to be Yanworth versus a new one versus... So Royal, which to be quite honest would be would be an absolute damn squib. Mm. Um, like Kevin, I had questions about Jan Murch jumping, but if he's just the best horse, he might well be able to get away with it. Um, but I, I, it's not a race I, w- I would have a strong opinion on. Uh, I, like you, Emma, I, I think there's a chance that Froom Vroom Mag does go here, um, although. She'd probably need a very forceful ride over two miles around Campton. Um, she did get that forceful ride now when she won the Irish Champion Hurdle at Punchestown, and I suppose Faheen has been ridden quite forcefully here in the years he has won it. But um, at the minute, look, it's just a race like the King George and Luke Warman. I guess, Tony, a number of people will look at her and say, hang on a second, she got beaten by Apple's Jade last time out. I mean, what chance does she have in this? But wasn't a great ride, for one thing, and... I wouldn't have any concerns about her over two miles. I'd look back at, at Punchestown and think how well-ridden she was that day, forcing the pace. I think if she does turn up here and Ruby sets out and makes all Faheen style, she'd be a hard one to peg back. Yeah, well, he's well able to do that. And, and you know, um, sometimes in these two-mile races, especially champion hurdles, the, it's the horse that stays a little bit further that actually is actually the horse you, you want to be on. Um, Faheen is certainly one that would, would have stayed a little bit further and gone back through the years, hard uses and brave inkers and, and that type of stuff. Like, um, to me, now, if it was Hor versus Janmut in this, I, I would favour Hor. Um, I, I think I think she's a better horse than Janmut, certainly, at, at this point. And she's probably a little bit more proven in open company at two miles. Beating mm. identically for Punchestown wasn't too bad, and she show, she actually showed plenty of gears to get into the race at Punchestown from a you know a disadvantageous position in a, in a slowly run race. Rory, would you be in agreement? Uh, yeah, largely in agreement with um, with what Tony says there. It's it's not a not an enticing betting um, race. Worth pointing out, you're you're talking about the entries for this. It's not actually an early closing race, mm. Mm. so we don't know who the intended runners are at this stage at all. Um, we're just looking at, at possible entries. One who's been confirmed for, I suppose, if you're looking for an each way bet in the race, Jabello will run. He's obviously going to come up short at champion hurdle standard, but he won that um, Betfair price rush hurdle at Haydock by showing um, good tactical speed. And he's obviously going for the race. So if you're looking to back something each way for it, uh, then you've probably got a runner and you're almost certainly looking at a five or six runner field maximum. That sounds like a Neil Channing style bet now. A dirty each way bet in a great one. filth. Betting, yeah. man, betting shop managers sacked at every angle. And <laughs> and guaranteed account closure style bet as well. Um, to be fair to him, he probably won on ground that wasn't ideal for him last time out too. Like, you know, yeah. this, this doesn't look like it's going to be the strongest of races. Um, like, yeah, I, look, I guess the other question then is if you were to pick of the Rich Ritchie horses Kevin you're clearly of the view that Vroom Vroom should be going King George so like- yeah and to be honest when I, when I said what I said about Jan I wasn't even entertaining the possibility that Faheen would run here to be honest wasn't even on my radar alright let's get final selections for the Christmas hurdle at Kempton Kevin Blake Jan 
Rory. Um, a very lukewarm Stabella each way. And Tony? No opinion. <laughs> vroom, vroom, mag. Vroom, vroom, mag smashes them up. Don't, don't actually don't actually look for that horse, no opinion. I remember sending an email on to a friend <laughs> and um, I think I'd written on one of the things. He forwarded on to his dad and, um, the, you know, there's a four o'clock race maybe and it said no bet. And he said, the father's after texting me and he says, "What? where is that no bet? He can't fake it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I've got a better one for you. Years ago on the RT News, you know, they used to read out the racing results at the yeah. end of the day. And wherever the meeting was at, Turles would say, the last race was, was called off due to fog, you know. So the, the woman on the news is reading off the results, you know, three o'clock, number four, da da da, four o'clock, number five, blah, blah, blah. And the 5.30 was won by abandoned. <laughs> And 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 we and we and we don't seem to have a starting prize for that one. <laughs> uh, humble humble aftertime here. A few years ago, uh, one of my very good friends, Donald, was was texting me saying he wouldn't have too many bets, but he'd have a bet in the Grand National. And um, he rang me saying, "What's your tip for the Grand National?" And I said, "Number six Valverde." And so I ring him oh. and afterwards saying, "Did you back me?" He goes, "What are you talking about?" Sure, I couldn't find him anywhere. No, number six wasn't called Valverde. I didn't know who to back. Like, oh, no. no, numbers. Oh, God. The novices chase over at Leopardstown. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah. Min against Identity Thief. And it's basically then, like, any price you want about the rest of them. But this is going to be the clash that most people are going to be talking about. Now, Kevin, I already know what side of the fence you're going to be sitting on, so I'm going to let you have the final say on this, <laughs> and we'll lead off instead with Mr. Tony Keenan. Um, Min was very good on his chasing debut, but Identity Thief has been pretty damn good on his first two starts over fences as well, and we know how good these De Bromhead horses can improve um, from for the switch to the bigger obstacles. What are you expecting to see in the Grade 1 Novice Chase on St. Stephen's Day in Ireland? Yeah, I was sort of talking a bit about Min at the start of the year, but at these prices, I'm coming around to Kevin's way of thinking on this one, um, if I have a bet at all. Uh, Min is very short at four to six against a horse that is trained by a lad that is a master at training chasers um, and was borderline champion hurdle class. Also with Min, look at, while he made this mistake down the back of Cheltenham and we're all sort of surprised maybe he's had an injury... Jesus, he's priced as if he's after winning the Supreme here nearly, or, mm. or, or you know, got at least getting a lot closer to the than he actually did. Um, the Mullins crowd keep saying he's not as good as Batur and Duvan. And I wonder a little bit, is it the fanboys who are reading into it a bit and thinking that he actually is? Whereas, <laughs> if, uh, like, like, like Ruby, any time he's asked, What's, how's he compared to Duvan or Batur? Well, this lad didn't win a Supreme. You know, that's yeah. his answer the whole time. So I'm sort of saying, you know, maybe Ruby is speaking his mind here. And um, look, I'm probably not going to have a bet in this, but if I did, it would probably be Identity Thief. I am a huge Min fan, but at the prices, I'm finding it very, very difficult to walk away from that price. But Identity Thief. I mean, look, this is looking like a match, Rory, isn't it? Yeah, it does that way. I mean, um, I think third favourite in the race is Three Wise Men, who was um, second to Min in that race at Navin. We, we've talked a lot about Identity Thief in the last year um, on the pod. I'm Identity Thief has a hell of a lot of class, and we've made this point before that however exciting you think Min was as a hurdler, Identity Thief was a better horse over hurdles. Mm. Um, although he had slightly more time to, to prove himself as a hurdler, I don't think he's had to 
um, do an awful lot to impress her offences so far, Identity Thief. Uh, and in the back of my mind, his run in the champion hurdle where he didn't deal with the occasion at all well um, is just niggles a little bit. So uh, I, I struggle to, to have a bet on the race because Min does look skinny, but I'm not sure that Identity Thief is pulling me out of trouble there. And there's nothing much else in the race. But... I have a feeling Kevin Blake will say, but this ain't Cheltenham, baby. This is Leopardstown at Christmas. This is simple, lads. Just load up both barrels and let them fly at Identity Thief. <laughs> if you like him, if you even half like him, you have to back him here at these prices. Yeah. Because like Rory has said, and it, it is a legitimate point, to be fair, about Cheltenham last season. Um, it didn't go to plan, whether it was the occasion, the track, a combination of everything. Um, inexperience, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't think any, any of us do. We're only speculating. But... We have no such doubts about Leopardstown at Christmas. We know he can operate around Leopardstown. We know he can operate to a very high level around Leopardstown. He has the, the experience edge over Min um, at this stage. And uh, this is the day to get him. He's 7-4 to four against Min's 4-6. to six. If you in any way like Identity Thief, you have to back him here. And if he's beaten, he's beaten. And if he's beaten here, you can probably forget about the Arkle too. But... This is the day to get him. And if you're on at the, the 16th one for the Arkle and he wins here, you're obviously in a great spot. You can potentially lay off if you like, if you're in a, a conservative type of fella. But with Identity Thief, I think it's it's about this day. Blackstar Mountain and Dovan have won this race for Mullins, but famously Vitour, who obviously went on to be a superstar of offences, and Champagne Fever were both beaten here. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that this means Min is going to be beaten, but it is worth highlighting that high-profile horses who huge things were expected of made novice errors and it cost them um, Identity Thief is not guaranteed to jump around here foot perfect but he does have that extra run over fences and he was rated higher over hurdles than men Willie Mullins is a spring trainer hmm. these horses are all being trained to peak in the spring Identity Thief is trained by Henry de Bromhead who is not a spring trainer he will take a grade one wherever they are and I'd imagine he's had a big red circle around this from the start of the season. This is, I'm not going to say it's his derby but it's not far off it I'd say. This is a very, I'd imagine this is a very important race for Henry de Bromhead with Identity Thief and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he produces, you know, one of the performances of of his life basically. You are sounding super confident about this. I, I wouldn't say I'm super confident but I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Min but I think if he's going to get him this is the day he'll get him mm. and the price is right and that's the most important thing of all yeah I'm a big fan of Min as well as you know and yet I'll be backing Identity I know I will look he's 7-4 to four. If, if Min beats him fair and square at that I can walk away from that yeah. with my head held high mm. because the price is right ok final selections Identity Thief for Kevin yep. Rory just Identity Thief at the prices but there's no betting risk for me and Tony uh, same as Rory, I probably won't be having a bet here, but it's All right, Reiner uh, Hurdle. Go on. La- I have a 50 to 1 shot for you in Irish, uh, Lexus. Oh, 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 Tony Keenan, boy. All right, well, in that case, this I'm. This is Irish Lexus. <laughs> I, start, I started that one and I was going to say the Irish Gold Cup, and then I forgot it was called the Lexus. <laughs> Right, let's go to the Lexus, shall we? The staying chase in Ireland. So Val Solido, we were speculating a while back, was going to go for the Lexus. It looks as though this is firmly his target, Kevin Blake. Yes. Jack Adam, 
could very well rock up here as well after his impressive comeback uh, in the John Duncan Memorial Chase. I personally hope he does. I hope he runs in either the King George or here. I'd love to see him run over Christmas. Um, Zabana, the old podcast favourite, entered up as well. Many clouds. Sounds as though he'll be making the journey over. Um, Outlander and, of course, the defending champion, Mr. Don Poli, in here as well. Roy Delargy, your thoughts on the Lexus chase at Leopardstown? I will be siding with Mini Clouds, mm. who is uh, just the most underrated top-class Dane chaser of the last decade. Because he's been a grand national horse, we, we've sort of um, pigeonholed him. But he's just the most likable um, three-mile chaser. Everything, his jumping is superb. He's got this little wind infirmity, which, which hopefully won't manifest itself this season, but did in the grand national last year. But... Um, his runs before that were fantastic. Obviously, he was found out by, by Don Pulley at, um, at entry a year ago. He won that race this time around. And again, like most of his runs over fences, he didn't touch a twig. He was he was an absolute joy to watch. Can I just say that the second you said that, Kevin Blake actually winked. <laughs> he actually went, Gonda Pulley. Oh, seems, seems, seems like a long time ago now. Proceed, <laughs> <laughs> Rory. Yeah, I just, I absolutely adore the horse. Um, and he doesn't have he doesn't have anything to find uh, with most of these it, he met Jack Adam in the um, Cotswold Chase at Cheltenham last year and uh, Jack Adam obviously came down but Mini Clouds shaped tremendously well there and people tend to forget about it he was probably short of peak fitness but he went through that like the best horse in the race and then just got tired from the um, uh, from between the last two fences but he's just a, a tremendously likable horse. He's never really been campaigned for, for contests like this. But his only moderate run, aside from the Grand National, where, he had, where his, his win went, um, oddly enough, was in the Gold Cup two seasons ago. But otherwise, he's been just an absolute star, um, winning the Hennessy and then the, the Cotswold Chase in the Grand National uh, two seasons ago. And he's my idea of almost the, your perfect chaser. There are, you know, there are horses with more speed than him. Um, and there's probably one in here to beat him, but I think he's a cracking each way bet because uh, he'll keep himself out of trouble. He will jump perfectly, uh, and he'll be in there pitching right to the end. All right, many clouds for Roy Delargy. Now let's say he finishes second. We know we have the fifty to one winner, so let's <laughs> hold that as we go to Kevin Blake for your thoughts on the Lexus. Um, I'd be a Valser Lido fan. I was very impressed with him on his return. First first start for Henry de Bramhead up at Down Royal. Thought he was deadly. Thought it was a career best effort. Thought he was just very impressive. Uh, you could argue the form has taken a knock since, but the style of what he did uh, was enough to, to convince me. I think he's going to take an awful lot of beating here. Um, it'll be interesting to see what turns up. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Zabana. I haven't been overly pleased with his two runs this season. This is D-Day for him. If he can't compete here, I think the the Gold Cup dream um, is over. I think I've I've been surprised they've run him over two and a half twice now. You know, three miles is what he wants. I'm hoping. Well, the, the gra- trainer said that as well, didn't he? For at a Gorm Park and then ran him over two and a half. Well, after the first day, he said he wouldn't do it again, and then he did it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but he went and won. But I thought he did well to win, given that he made a couple of mistakes. But would that be with a view to? hopefully getting more improvement out of him over a three mile trip and, and not running him over that distance until the day I really don't know it's hard to make sense of but I'd say he was just keen to run him while the ground was alright Okay. Um, we've had a lot of rain there the last week or so I think their hopes for you know yielding ground at Leopardstown is, is probably not going to come through so 
yeah, it's it's going to be tricky for Zaban. I certainly wouldn't be encouraging anyone to to have a few quid on him at the price. He should be a bigger price than he is. He's, he's six to one general. Should be a bit bigger than that. He's got it to prove. Um, still hopeful that you know on spring ground, um, he can compete uh, at this sort of level. But um, if he go, if he doesn't go close here, it's going to set him back a couple of steps. Is this an example of how the antipost markets are not what they used to be and that you would expect them to be a bigger price on the day if it is a deep field? Oh, yeah, antipost betting's dead. We all know that. Yeah. Um, talk to me about Jack Adam. Will he turn up? Will he turn up? Uh, what's your gut telling you? And by gut, I mean what's your sources telling you? Uh, I have no sources. No, yeah. No, <laughs> no inside info. No, I'd be, I'd be sceptical enough now. Wouldn't be very willy to come out this quickly in a grade one after a season of reappearance my gut would say no okay it'd be an awful shame if he doesn't I'd love to see him in one of either this or in the King George it'll be interesting to see what they do with Don Poli if he runs where do they leave the headgear off or not um, like I say that project is very much on hold but it'll just be interesting to see if they take it off as in you know which you could then take as a as a suggestion that they felt the headgear might have you know been a negative contributor to his comeback run well when they go for advisor Possibly could. Yeah. When Tony joined us for the Cheltenham preview in Dublin, we were very kindly given Don Poli t-shirts and posters <laughs> by long-time listener Shane. And so we are firmly on the Don Poli bandwagon here, and this could be sounding like we're Don Poli apologists and we're just trying to find excuses. Down Royal really wouldn't have suited him. The ground would have been wrong, it would have been speed track, but he'd need to improve tons uh, to come back and, and be able to win this that race. wouldn't have mattered what track it was now he just what he just did not fancy it from the outset that yeah. was I don't think it was anything to do with the track maybe the ground maybe the headgear but I think as much as anything he just didn't look to fancy it from an early stage and uh, we know he's quite a lazy flat spot hitter mm. but uh, never to that extent so um, as much as I as I love the horse and Gordon's had him out hunting I think yes those, that would but, be another rascal uh, you saw how the other lad who was out hunting got on today. <laughs> I, I hope they hadn't. I hope they didn't have too deep a conversation. Himself and Labake were talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, Keith Donahue, who, who rides Labake, put a picture up of the two of them out hunting, which, which was lovely. But how uh, Labake planted himself at uh, Navin today again at the, at the start. So uh, hopefully they weren't having too deep a discussion. Twice refusing. <laughs> at a lesser level, at faking him today, noble legend who'd lost his form. He'd been out hunting as well. Um, and halfway through the race Derek Thompson who was commentating at faking him said it looks like it's done the job and about 10 seconds later he was tailed <laughs> off last oh. <laughs> commentator's curse <laughs> that, that happened Fitzy at Fairy House alright big fella alright big fella <laughs> Did you, you must have been watching this the lads of the listeners would have been watching uh, the, it was myself Gary and Fitzy working at Fairy House on Royal Bond Day and we knew LeBake was going to be a bit of an issue down at the start so Fitzy went down to you know watch what I think Ollie Murphy was down there with him oh, no. to try and help him along and so Fitzy was kind of giving the play by play as as the horse was approaching the tape and they were trying to walk him in and get him to join as late as they could and then go and the horse is trotting in or maybe oh even cantering no. in lovely everything's gone perfect and the last thing Fitzy says before he transfers over to Desi he was absolute perfection <laughs> <laughs> and he plants two half a second later he plants it was the the ultimate commentator's curse oh Sickner uh, <laughs> getting back on point he's <coughs> Don Poli is the defending champion uh, and we've seen what what Gordon Elliott is capable of doing and being able to rejuvenate horses particularly with Apple's Jade this season um you know, he's a 10 to 1 shot as the defending champion like does he tempt you in and if not is there something here in the market that does oh I couldn't back him but look we know he has the ability to compete in the race of the standard but 
<laughs> it would take a massive turnaround from Down Royal. And look, like you say, Apple's Jade turned up in the same weekend, first run for Gordon, and you know was well, well below herself. And then obviously has taken big step forward since. So it, I, I would expect a better performance, but enough of a step forward to compete would be a big, big ask. I'd be the happiest man in the country if he does it, but I could, certainly couldn't encourage anyone to, to take the odds. So is there anything that does tempt you? Um, I think Valsalido's fair. Okay. You know, if, based on my, my speculation that Jack Adam doesn't turn up, you know, Valsalido versus Sabana, Manny Clouds, Outlander, Don Poli. I think two to one would be very fair. Now, you say that, but as you've been speaking... I have been logging into my betting account. Uh-oh. Tony Keenan, my friend, give us the 50 to 1 winner of the Lexus. If it's more of that, I'm hanging up. Oh, uh, I, can I, can I, no, go on. I was going, I'm going to, I think I know what it is, but I'm not going to spoil the party don't, here. Don't you dare try and steal uh, Tony I, Keenan's I'm gonna, thunder. I'm going to point at it to producer Deirdre. All right. Producer Deirdre can verify I, that, this. Probably is, it probably is the same. Um, Falsolito, yeah, yeah. I look at deserves to be favourite. Um, not looking at the down rail race afterwards like Sylvia Narco was in another parish in the Betfair chase so I'm just sort of wondering really what did Valsarlido um, achieve in down rail and also Sylvia Narco was first time out that day as well so you'd argue he was a better version of himself in in Haydock um, Zabana I just don't think he's good enough at this level um, not 6-1 to one shot in this like a uh, Look at Rory's on it, but many clouds. I'd rather back him uh, seven days a week and twice on Sunday, six to one. Stop teasing, Tony. Stop teasing. Oh, he's just—he's just, he's just a much better horse. Um, Don Poli, just leap of faith stuff to back him. Um, Interstate's Road to Riches run here. He's a horse I'm, I'm a, a big fan of, but um, you just don't know where you stand. Oh, get to it, man! <laughs> this is unbelievable. Just, I'm just leading into this. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a 16 to 1 shot I will back if he runs Empire of Dort. I thought he was brilliant. In the yeah, good out. show. Um, I think Gordon's after improving him, judging on the nav and run. But the horse that I like at 50 to 1, he was 100 to 1 a couple of days ago. Um, there has been a few quid knocking around from uh, his fine right league. Yes! yes! <laughs> Producer Deirdre, can you verify that both Kevin and I had agreed that that was the horse he was going to put up? I can verify that, so I'm going to do Thank you very much. <laughs> but, um, case with him is fairly simple. He, he was told. <coughs> The Irish Gold Cup over course and distance last February. Now that may have been a race that fell apart a little bit, but he 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 won his next two starts um, easily after that, and then was left off when the ground turned. I've been really encouraged by his two runs this year. I thought he ran a cracker behind Jury Duty in a handicap order at Navin, where the ground wouldn't have been soft enough. Um, I think that's one of the hottest farm lanes around for its own level. Um, and expect it to be working out over Christmas and then behind Duvan and Cork again a completely unsuitable race dropping back to two miles with um, an amateur jockey riding him he's he's looked like the only horse that's going to get within an ass's roar of Duvan um, I know he's been passed um, in the straight by uh, Day's Hotel who would love that two mile on, on, on heavy ground and I just thought 50 to 1 um, he's definitely not a 10 to 1 shot to make the frame anyway and if it keeps raining, he's definitely on, on target for the race. The trainer has, has been quoted as saying that. And in a race where there's a strong chance it cuts up, I liked him at a massive price. Nice. We're loving that. We are absolutely loving that. We're, we're very, very happy to row in behind you 
um, on Fine Rightly at 50 to 1. Question is, will he still be a 50 to 1 shot uh, by the time the final Furlan podcast has been, has been played? We shall see. We shall see. Final selection, so, for the Lexus chase. Tony's going with the 50 to 1 pick, Fine Rightly. Kevin Blake... Valserlido Valserlido all the way <laughs> oh yeah the favourite the favourite oh, I, I do have something original coming up later I promise good man Roy DeLarge <laughs> uh, just a quick reminder that last year I put up Valserlido for the King George at 33 to 1 oh, um, Jacques Ricou uh, Ricou <laughs> I, I don't think he's any better this year yeah I think there's strong I think that could well be the case um, yeah. very visually impressive in Down Royal but I think the form is definitely open to question. Um, I'd put it like this: I'd like to see it again. Yeah, yeah. I think the point that Tony made a couple of weeks ago was you were trying to figure out what level of form Silvaniaco Conti was getting, and then he went to Haydock and got blitzed, and that would be a little bit of a downer for you. Right. I think the angle I'd look at though is that he's just so unexposed over staying trips, mm. and you know, yeah. like like we've said before, Willie was insistent for years that this horse was a real stare, yeah. and we all thought he was bluffing. But it, it doesn't seem to be the case. And he, I think there's just potential for a few more pounds to come from him over this type of trip. And he wouldn't need to improve much to, to win this Lexus, I don't think. No, no. The anyway, Paddy Power Dial-A-Bet Cash Card Tinder Chase, or whatever <laughs> it's called these days, uh, features Dovan. Vanessa's favourite race. The, <laughs> she's, gonna, she's not going to like that. Um, features Dovan, who we assume is going to... <laughs> EliteSingles.com The Paddy Power Elite Singles Plenty of Fish Tinder Chase uh, has been won by some In association with Vanessa <laughs> <laughs> That's so loud She's not here to defend herself She's not even here to defend herself the poor girl I mean this is outrageous Outrageous Anyway let's move on Dovan's a very short press favourite Kevin Blake It's as simple as he just wins <laughs> Look yeah Yeah he, he was he was good on his return. Um, he's just not going to have anything here to, to test him. Mm. Uh, he'll be <laughs> poor old Sizing John will probably turn up and get another look at his oh, arse. Poor old Sizing John. He, he could he could do a detailed sketch of Dovan's arse from memory alone mm. at this stage, I'd say. Yeah, no, it's just, he'll just outclass everything, won't he? Right, let's move to Wales, shall we? Oh, yes. Oh, no. What about the Paddy Power Chase? Oh, hold on a second. We're holding that one. We're holding that one back. Okay, okay. We're off to Chepstow. Let's talk about the Welsh National Native River uh, heads the market. Carol's Destrie ran a cracking race in the Hennessy last time out, a second favourite. Rory Delargy, you've normally got a very interesting golden nugget of information for us for this Welsh National, so let's see if you can get the job done for us again this year, my friend. Who do right. you fancy for the Welsh National? No pressure. A uh, couple, of, couple of points. Um, the horse that I've had in mind for this race for about four years now <laughs> is O'Fwelan's boy. I notice he's not even in the market. Oh, no, as in he's not. It's not like he's no. He's he's not. You know, a fifty to one shot. He's sixteen he's not, to one general. Yeah, sixteen general. He's not in the Betfair market. I don't know why he wouldn't. And there's one major he, firm, Carl. Don't quote him either. Cop onto yourselves, Betfair. That's because that's because they see there's no Betfair price. So um, <laughs> draw your own conclusions there, lads. <laughs> he, he missed the Hennessy with a minor setback. He that's was well a tweet from James that. Knight coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's. I've, I've wanted him to run in this race for a long time. It may be that he's waited too long for it, and he's had he's had his problems over the years. But um, 
when he beat Sausalito Sunrise at Newbury last season, he looked back to his very best. And I thought he tanked through the Gold Cup for a long way. Um, and I think the old ability is still there. So he's he's on the short list. But um, it's a it's a bit of an upside-down race, this. I, Colin Tizard has said with Native River that he, he thinks he's too classy for a Welsh national. So he may, may well not turn up. Carl's Destrier, who was a good second in the Hennessy. The Hennessy doesn't tend to throw up Welsh national winners um, straight away. It's a, it's a tough old race that horses need time to get over. Um, and I think this hasn't really taken shape as an anti-post race yet. A horse I was interested in at 40 to 1. Oh. Price. Uh, I don't know if he's an intended runner, but I would have thought he would have been. And I think he's just been rather missed out. Is uh, one for Arthur, for Lucinda Russell. Now, Lucinda likes aiming one at the at the Welsh National. This is the only, it's the obvious one from her yard. She's described it as the best handicapped horse in the stable. He didn't really go on as expected last season, but he bolted up on his reappearance. And he was in a very good, was he fourth in the Beecher Chase? He, he really caught the eye um, in that they didn't go a million miles an hour. There are horses who were, who raced handily were advantaged uh, and he finished best of all to be beaten, you know, no more than two lengths. Um, looking like, you know, he was a thorough stayer who would have benefited from sitting closer to the pace and yet he's, um, he races off the same handicap mark, he's unexposed, he clearly stays and he's 40 to 1. And I don't think he's 40 to 1 because there's no interest in Betfair. I had a quick look at the Betfair market and there's money queuing up to back him a little bit bigger than 40s. Oh. Not a huge amount, but there's no, that's the problem with races like this. There's no, no liquidity on Betfair anti-post either. But there are people trying to back him at a price, which suggests that there's no message on Betfair that he's not going to be a runner. He's just been missed. He might not get into the race, but I make this point every single year with anti-post races. Don't worry about whether you think the horse is going to miss the cut because you're getting your money back. And bookmakers frequently price horses up um, on the basis that they might miss the cut by making the, the odds bigger, which makes no sense whatsoever. I think he's number 45 in the list. I think it's a toss-up whether he gets in or not. But I think there'll be a fair few defections from this. I think he probably will get in. But if he doesn't, you know, you, you just tied your money up for a week or so, you'll get it back again. I think 41 is far too big for a horse with his... Um, uh, with his profile, who's improving, will have no way to carry live 10 stone odd, 10, 10 2 or 10 5 or something like that on his back. Um, and he makes more appeal than most. 40 to 1 with three firms, 33 to 1 is widely available elsewhere. Let me tell you something. If this horse, if one for Arthur wins the Welsh National and fine rightly wins the Lexus, <laughs> final furlong podcast listener is going to be dripping in gravy. The each way double is on so that's Rory's selection for the Welsh National uh, Tony Keenan what's your idea of the winner whatever Rory says haven't got a clue <laughs> <laughs> the new Sultan of Succinct in the final following podcast the title moves from Kevin to Tony Kevin your th- thoughts um, if Rory's going to go for number 50 on the list I'm going to go for 57 and cross my fingers he gets in Milbra. Uh he won the Eider Chase a few years ago got off the radar a small bit but won over hurdles last time uh, I think he's well handicapped over fences stays longer than the mother-in-law to quote the, <laughs> quote the old couch uh, doesn't get much of a run out on here but hey ho Christmas dinner <laughs> <laughs> yeah Deirdre where um, where are you going to be having Christmas dinner <laughs> <laughs> moving on <laughs> 
So I, I can make that case. So he, he probably won't get in, but you never know. <laughs> so that's who you're going to go for. 40 to 1. Looks yeah. like Rory says you'll probably get your money back anyway. They, their hope, you know, after he won last time, they're talking about the national race and concerns that he wouldn't get in. So he's, he's probably going to be declared. So I have a lovely, comfortable sofa, by the way. So you're okay. You're, you're, <laughs> I've, I've got your back. Um, okay, that's our selections for the Welsh National. Let's switch back to Leopardstown and talk about the squared financial Christmas hurdle, the sure stairs race. Nichols Canyon, as we heard from Graeme Wiley on the interview uh, during the week, uh, last week on the Final Furlong podcast, he has both options. They fancy that he has no problem getting three miles. Uh, Ruby said that he'd get that standing on his head on the basis of the trip to America. But it <coughs> does seem as though they are favouring uh, trip over two miles. He heads the market for this. Interestingly, Apple's Jade is priced up here as well. So under the impression, uh, Tony and myself were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, that she was going to... S- the intention was to skip Christmas, wasn't it, with, with Apple's Jade, Tony? Yeah, uh, Gordon said after um, the Hatton's Grace that she would miss Christmas and most likely have a prep run for the Mayor's Hordle sometime in February. Which means that Jeski would be very interesting here, who's uh, priced up at 5-1. to one. So, Kevin, your thoughts on the three-mile staying hurdle grade one at Leopardstown over Christmas. Yeah, Jeski was the one that jumped out at me, to be honest, just because I'd imagine this has been his target. Hmm. Um, Nichols Canyon. I think Nichols Canyon would be one of those that they've been talking about for a couple of seasons already. That, oh, of course, they stayed three miles, and they're still saying it now. I have a feeling they never run over three miles. Yeah. You know, not, not in, in a relevant race in the middle of the season. Yeah. You know, I think there's just two... The, the two-mile the two division is just too watery now to go messing about over three miles I think he'll, he'll keep turning up in the good two mile races and as he should as he's entitled to I don't need to go off on another soliloquy about how great Nichols Canyon is again uh, so I, I'd be surprised if he ran here Apple's Jade like you say uh, questionable runner and Jeski uh, with his good record fresh and you know with all his talent obviously he's got to prove how much ability he retains but um, at the type of price he is you'd, you'd be tempted to take a little chance I would be very very interested in Jeski here and obviously he's been off the track for quite a while but staying races are very much firmly on the agenda for him and this also looks as though it's a race that could fall apart um, Graeme seemed to be of the view that while all options are open for Nichols Canyon he did seem to be quite interested in keeping him to two miles and was making the point that he had run a good race in the champion hurdle and that he might have still been feeling the effects of that hard race at Christmas time. You remember the bad mistake he made in the Irish champion hurdle. Uh, that being said, Arctic Fire, who's still on the sidelines, they pulled a crazy Ivan with him last year, Willie, and switched him at the last second from the Ryanair to this race. So you're never quite sure. He's also got Shane's Hill, um, who has been running well, but coming up short. So... Is there anything else here that, that interests you, or is it all about Jeski for you? Well, look, the type of race it is, I wouldn't knock a fella for going searching for a wild one. Mm. And um, if you wanted a wild one, and if the ground's going... We had go- Princess Cars win this race last year, who would have been a wild one. Yeah, if the, and if the, if the ground's going to be soft, that's the proviso here for this one. It needs to be soft or heavier. The dig out? Yeah. Yeah. He's a big wild price. Mm. Um, loves, loves soft ground. And if the, the front end of the market doesn't turn up, you know, at the end of the day, he's pr- he's probably a solid, you know, high one forties, one fifty type of horse, and that might be enough to put him in the mix. Thirty three to one, you know, it's fair enough. I can't argue with that. Rory Delargy, your thoughts on the squared financial Christmas hurdle? This is another horrible uh, anti-post race with questions over most of the the market leaders. Um, yeah, I take the point about the dig out. I'd have give, given him a mention if the ground came up soft as well. Whether he's quite the force of old is is a bit of a moot point, but. 
you know, he's um, on his best form. He'd have a terrific chance here, and he's a proper stayer. Um, I'm amazed that Ruby Walsh would say that Nicholas Canyon has no trouble staying the trip based on his run in the um, uh, the Iroquois hurdle. Hmm. A, that was a very ordinary run. You know, he's 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 been beaten by Ronak at level weights, and you wouldn't say he stayed on that basis. And of course, that was on quick ground as well. So, um, just hold because on, they, hold on. Ronak did once win, I think, what was the, the, the King Bet Hordle or something in Bellystown. That, 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 that's, that's actually going to let me segue into something completely different here. I just wanted to give, I sound like an old lad ringing in here to Joe Duffy to someone, but I want to give congratulations to a good pal of mine, Peter Kingston, um, who got married there on Friday. I, I'm actually still recovering here. Um, Peter, Peter's back, plenty of uh, uh, good winners and, and, and bad horses over the years, but I'll tell you, he's on to a good one with, with uh, Tina, and I wish the two of them the best. And a big podcast listener too, Al Peter. Sound well, man. Will we steal the Jason Weaver line, so? You met Peter at the the, the Cheltenham preview we did in Dublin. Peter, oh. Peter was there that night. Well, oh, I, yeah. Wasn't he Tony? Or am I talking yeah. rubbish? He was there. Yeah, he was part of the Keenan Posse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will we steal the Jason Weaver line on three? One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Peter. Um, you were talking about segueing in. What's your thoughts on who's going to win the race, though, Tony? Um, I actually thought this was quite a, a, a good betting race. I, I'm like Kevin. I can't see Nicholas Canyon pitching up. I can't see Apple Street running. Um, I don't like Jeski. I don't like him off a break um, like this. <sighs> Three miles on, on, on likely soft to heavy ground. The, the day he proved himself over three miles was good ground at Punchestown. I think that'll stretch him. Two horses jumped out at me now in this. Um, Snow Falcon, who was running very well before falling behind. Mm. You know what I mean, Harry, in... Where was it? Newbury. Yeah. Um, he might have been a good second that day. That form worked out. Bally Optic, a new... And you know what I mean, Harry? We're fighting out to finish the long walk on Saturday, I think. He's a fair price if he's over that fall. And I also liked um, Shane's Hill, who I know has got a lot of seconds in that. But I think, judging on last season's form and what I've seen from him visually this year, I, I think he wants three miles in hurdles. Um, I just think he's been done for toe in both the Lismullen and the Hatton's Grace. So just with the way, look, as Kevin says, you're, you're playing Willie Mullins bingo. And, and really, that, that has worked out horrendously for me over the years. But I keep trying anyway. If I click on one eventually, hopefully... Um, Snow Falcon obviously isn't that, but Shane's Hill is a little bit. But the two of those now were, would be my idea of two that will shorten in price between now and then. Okay, Rory, your final thoughts on the race? Yeah, um, I, I agree largely with what Tony said about um, Snow Falcon. The one thing I would say is the fall he took in Newbury was a very heavy one. Mm. And it's not a case of whether he remembers it or not. Um, he was reported to be very stiff afterwards. And, you know, people were worried whether he would get back up from that fall at all. Um, so given that he would have been stiff and needed time to get over it, the question is how well his preparation for this would have gone in the meantime. But in form terms, yeah, yeah, he, he deserves to be up there. He he um, he did it well at Navan and he was travelling ominously well at Newbury. A few people thought he would have won that day. Um, he hit a low and bet fair of six to five, um, despite the fact that he fell what three from home, four from home. So he was going very well at the time. He would have been no worse than second. I think he probably would have been second. Do you know what I mean, Harry? Um, but that gives him a big chance here in a weaker race. 
All right, that is the three-mile grade one. The two-mile grade one at Leopardstown over Christmas uh, was won last year by Nichols Canyon. And uh, he's an 11-4 shot to go back-to-back after winning the Moigiana on his season reappearance. Faheen heads the betting. So, Kevin, Rich Ritchie has talked a couple of times now about Faheen and said, it was, was it a stone bruise he'd had recently? That's what had held him up, but that he reports him to be in good form. Uh, the talk was that we'd see him over Christmas. Do you expect to see him run? over the Christmas period I I don't like the the colour of the vibes look it's not even worth talking about really is it it's Willie Mullins bingo I have Mm. no idea you have no idea I I doubt the lads have any idea Um, it's just very hard it's just very hard to know Okay. well let's talk about the race then from a betting perspective from the information that we have to hand right now as we record this on the Sunday before Christmas Nichols Canyon, the second favourite. Petit Mouchoir, talk about a horse taking a bad fall. I mean, he took a horror show of a fall mm-hmm. uh, in the fighting fifth hurdle at Newcastle on the ATR cameras, but looked to be going very well that day. And Brian Cooper said the next day to Gary O'Brien on, on At The Races that he was pretty convinced he was going to win. Um, what's your thoughts? And the, Another interesting thing about what Brian Cooper said, and I don't know if he's trying to convince himself or he's just telling us what he genuinely thinks. But even after Apple's Jade won, you know, he made the point that, you know, I, I picked Petit Mouchois over Apple's Jade last week and I stand over that. I think that was the right decision at the time. You know, so he clearly has quite a high regard for Petit, Petit Mouchois. And it was a lovely run. You know, I would he have won? I don't know. He was plenty free for me and things hadn't really gone perfectly for him. He was definitely travelling well at the time. But that's him too. He's a strong travelling type of horse. You know, we picked him out last season as a horse that could make up into a potential county hurdle horse because that type of race would suit him because he is that that free goer and a a big field handicap might suit him better than these small field condition hurdles. But they seem to think he's he's going the right way. You know, that was only his his, uh, his second run for Henry. Um, But... While I'll be interested to see how high he goes, I, and I must also say the plan was to go chasing with him this season. I don't know why they've changed plan. They've seemingly changed plan. When I spoke to Henry at the start of the season, he'd been scooting over fences, and it was very much the intention to go chasing. Um, perhaps they gave him that first run over hurdles, and they said, oh, this division's maybe looking a bit soft. We might stay put. Um, he is only a five-year-old, too, to be fair to him. So maybe they've just decided to postpone, but... Um, at the start of the season it was definitely the intention to go chasing with him because he was well held in down royal but then as you say Brian chose him it was, it was eye catching a down royal mm. it, it was a lovely run it was a lovely run and Brian chose him at Newcastle um, it'll be interesting to see he, he's one of those horses I think fences will, will make a man of him because he is that bit free going and they might just get him to settle down a bit um, but look he, he wouldn't really be a betting proposition of course he, he looks a great better treat to one if the Faheen and Nicholas Canyon don't turn up but um, I don't think there's if Nicholas Canyon turns up I don't think there's a, a huge amount of juice in treat to one about him it'd be one of those now if you someone clever will go down through this field and, and spot one at a big price that's likely to run at, at 25s 33s and they'll have a fair bet because uh, it's probably going to be a small field without much depth isn't it was Jur's girl one of those horses a little bit disappointing last time but you'd imagine well would this be your target I don't know I don't know is the answer if Nichols Canyon does turn up is 11 to 4 too big Um. oh yeah absolutely oh, that's on shot if, 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 if he runs and Faheen doesn't isn't he oh yeah, yeah. I, I noticed Nichols Canyon is is 
contracting in price at the moment. Mm. But again, this is that's the fat guy and the wife beater <laughs> with the pot noodle stains having a play around on his laptop, isn't it? Oi, steady on. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, uh, pot noodle fan Roy Delargy, what's your thoughts on the Ryanair hurdle? I'll, I'll tell you what's particularly interesting about the Ryanair is that on an anti-post market on Betfair, there is not a single penny queuing up to back any of the runners. <laughs> not a penny. No one's even asking for a speculative two quid on something. It's completely blank on the, the lay side of the... Uh, of the Betfair market. Which I guess um, is an example of the fact that A, Willie Mullins bingo, B, sort of Gordon Elliott bingo to a certain extent yeah. as well. And the rest of them are not exactly very inspiring. I mean, you're looking at Ivanovich Gorbachev as a 20 to 1 shot, <laughs> County Hurdle, perhaps, perhaps for him. <laughs> but like, he's just been desperately disappointing this season. Yeah. Uh, and indeed, disappointing since um, his big high point in March. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Um, it's very hard to back anything. As you said, the right the right angle here is to find twenty five to one shot. You think it's going to rock up and back it. And and Jura's girl was the one that I thought was interesting enough. But again, as Kevin says, might not be her target either. So sure, back the big. You probably get your money back. <laughs> on a just this refund. Just this refund. Yeah. <laughs> God, oh my, can we just say, by the way, that that is not the recommendation of the final Furlong Pocket Team for hours, <laughs> unless he wins, in which case we'll take credit for it. Okay, okay, but, yeah. Justice refunds do not apply to anti post bets either. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst part of that bet. Maximum refund, five euro. Uh, let's talk about the Paddy Power Chase. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah. One of the biggest betting races of the season. Uh, Uccello Conti is a small favourite. I wonder, will they book him? Will they get him over for just for Blake? Just to make a big smile on the Blakester's face? Well, you know, they're... I've always thought yeah, well we saw what happened on on, uh, on Champion Stakes Day lads there is a nice patch of ground out good and wide at Leopardstown oh, there that jacks now. the man to explore and then it was a French horse won that day too and it's a French jockey who will win the Paddy Board chase <laughs> on Jack Rico <laughs> uh, you second favourite the Crafty Butcher there's been a lot of money for him recently uh, possibly it's all the right faces <laughs> oh, having a few good on this one um, and you were saying to me earlier on that you've got one for us I'm presuming it's not some novice hurdler or some bumper horse. I'm presuming it's in this race, Kevin. Oh, yeah. yeah All right. Yeah, yeah. In that case, hold mad tough. Hold mad tough. Tony Keenan, your thoughts on the Paddy Power Chase? If you pick my horse, Tony, there'll be war. War. Well, I, I haven't had a, had a proper look at it yet, ah, just to talk about a few horses <laughs> in it. I know who Tony's on. Uh, oh. The cra- crafty butcher... Um, will struggle to get in I think um, looking at oh, peas and carrots everywhere it's the related contingency you got to have the crafty butcher find rightly double <laughs> oh yeah yeah and, and jury duty maybe running the Potoms qualifier which might be on the same day which oh there you go oh yeah well, but, 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 but will he win <laughs> I think the crafty butcher's going to struggle to get in um just as it stands so they're going to get a sickener there with that fair enough whatever these things happen Uccello Conti no uh, uh, thing with, I've noticed with Uccello Conti now his jumping is a bit iffy hmm. um, we were slagging Jack Raccoon up going round the outside and all this but the horse doesn't help himself with his jumping um, Noble Endeavour is a horse I really don't like I think he's a bit dodgy um, and I think he's way too short in at 12s um, I'd much prefer the two horses to finish ahead of him in the Tritown 
abolitionist um, who looks like a sort of horse that would take the leopard's town. He seemed to enjoy jumping in amongst horses in um, in in the tri town, and I think Bonnie Kate ran very well there too, coming coming off a break. Um, if you had to nail me down to one, Kevin, I hope this isn't your horse, but any of it is, a, you've done it often to me enough, so I don't care. <laughs> uh, Rogue Trader is an, is a, is one that looks a little bit overpriced because I think. His form in um, Pontchartown has worked out really well with Oscar Knight and Kansas City Chief and Sonny B and Arda Pirol have all come out and run well or won since. I do have a slight concern about Rogue Trader though. He, he was kept very wide that day and I just wonder if he tries to do that, is, is he a little bit of a horse that doesn't like to be in amongst the horse and he has to race wide? Um, trying to do that now in a 28 run of field and a paddy power over three miles he's gonna, it's going to cost him a, a lot of ground so they'd be some of the horses I'd be considering at the minute but I, I'll wait until the five days come out of a proper look Rory DeLarge your thoughts on the paddy power chase Tony's mentioned it he's mentioned the winner but thankfully he didn't make it his, uh, his main selection um, Bonnie Kate 25 to 1 she's 25 to 1 in a couple of places she ran an absolute cracker in the trial time. She's a really likeable mare. She's got a proper race in which is guaranteed a run. She should be considerably less than half that price. All right, 25 to 1, Bonnie Kate Freud Delargy. Kevin Blake has been breathing a sigh of relief <laughs> with every single syllable that Tony and Rory said, terrified that they would pick his horse, but they haven't. Well, Tony, he had the right trainer, he had the right owner, but he's got the wrong horse. Ah, killer miller, huh? <laughs> no. Oh! People's I, People's I, Park. Oh, yeah. Tom Taff Lash and JP. Flash the tail the last day, Kevin. I, I don't mind that. You, you, you get worked up about these horses flashing their tails. It's their legs they do their running with, not their tails. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, show your work He was flashing his tail Because Mark Walsh Was doing his usual trick Of trying to win by Win by as short a distance As possible And the horse was like Jeez, what are you asking me At all, Marky uh, Basically <coughs> Excuse me There'll be a stamina Question mark with this horse now Absolutely no question About that um, He's unproven Over three miles um, he's two and a half is fine he's one over two and a half before over hurdles I think he'll just about get away with it he travels he jumps he's unexposed he's improving um, I'd, be, I'd be fairly strongly of the view that there's more to come from him I thought he was you know he, he, won, he got nine pounds for winning the last day he was value for each and every one of them Mark Walsh and uh, you'd see it's a trend with JP horses whether it's a maiden hurdle a handicap hurdle you know, maiden chase, handicap chase. They're out, they're under orders to win by as as small a margin as possible, and they're very much ridden like that. Um, and this fella probably won a little bit further than he would have liked. I think he 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 was full of horse from a long way out, and he ends up winning six and a half. It wasn't a great race. Now, Caelan Owen was second, who has a uh, you know has had more problems than than. <laughs> That's Sprinter Sacker at this stage. But I thought it was a grand performance. He needed to win well enough, I suppose, to get in here. Um, he should get in. He's got 10-5 at the moment. That would be just fine. And I know, of course, when you're dealing with J.P. McManus horses in races like this, you're playing a different sort of bingo to William Mullins' bingo. 10-5, um, Barry Garrity might be too light for him. Um, so you could well get a situation where Barry's on another one um, I'd be delighted if Mark Watch was on this lad he knows him very well he's also riding brilliantly yeah, he's a top class rider yeah. um, he, he's I would consider Mark Walsh to be the Shamie Heffernan of the National Hunt world and that he doesn't get the credit he deserves because he's seen as the number two man 
Um, but he's a very, very good rider. And I'd be more than happy if he was on board. And, um, and yeah, he's a 20 to 1 shotter. So if Barry rode him, he'd obviously get much, much shorter. If, if Mark rides him, um, I'm sure he'll shorten, but not substantially. And You'd yeah. Have Mark, yeah. What's that, sorry? You'd rather have Mark on, wouldn't you? Well, I'd be happy with Mark. I'd be delighted with Mark. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, he's just the type, just the type of horse you want for this improving seven-year-old, um, unexposed at the trip. If you want to put it that way, if you want to put a positive spin on the on the stamina doubt, we can say unexposed at the trip. But um, I'm thinking aside, blatant non-star. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I take my encouragement from from his win over two and a half over hurdles. That, that's two years ago now, you know. So I'd be, I, I'm I'm hopeful. He's actually, would you believe, he's a half runner to Ballyoptic, which would give you some encouragement on that front. Tony Keenan puts up a 50 to 1 shot. Roy DeLarge puts up a 40 to 1 shot. Kevin Blake puts up a 20 to 1 shot. Don't say we don't give you gravy on the. Of course, they all have to go and win now. <laughs> well, they all have to run, never mind win. Placed. But if they do, <laughs> gravy everywhere. They probably won't run. I, I had a deeply unpleasant experience with this race when I was but a youngster getting going in this game. I was writing a tipping column for the Irish Field at the time. They wanted one in advance of Christmas. You know, a headline horse, headline yep. tip for the, for, the, for the Christmas. And I tipped up a horse called Vickers Way for the, for this race. And I had a really good case for him. I thought it was on one. I think he'd, he'd beaten or just been touched off by a horse that went on to win three or four times. The case was dead solid. And the, the headline they used was Vicker Has the Power. And <sighs> going out around home, you know, the Christmas time you do end up in the town a few times every time someone asks me for a horse Vickers Way Vickers Way Vickers Way wasn't even declared <laughs> wasn't even declared he, he he like quartered in price in the anti-post market and wasn't even declared ah but you traded out though Kevin you were on. I wish I had the abuse I copped over this lads so. in the street Vicker has the power you're nothing but a bollocks <laughs> if you throw a dog a bone you don't want to know how it tastes. Uh, I, I, got, I got plenty of taste reviews after that. Too. I can imagine. Uh, that is our selections for the Christmas meetings. We are going to find out uh, what else the lads have to offer, what else they're interested in. But before we get that info, we got to bring on a special guest. It couldn't be the Christmas final Furlong podcast special oh God. without a special guest. And that person will join us next. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting with Bet365, Coral, Labrooks and William Hill, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile. Visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details. Thank you, Boise, and Merry Christmas. Oh, he's gone. He's just headed straight out the door. Not hanging around. Somebody who is hanging around, though, is our special guest. We've had Ed Chamberlain on the show in recent weeks. We've had Graham Wiley on the show as recently as last week. And I am delighted to say that we can now welcome back to the Final Forum Podcast... Jim Best! Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 To be fair, you did say beforehand, I'm going to shoehorn in that name at some stage. I didn't think you were going to do it that way. Welcome back to the show, Vanessa Ryle! Hey! I'm feeling very, very festive. <laughs> Drunkasamonkey.com. <laughs> How many couple burgers not... have you had, Vanessa? 
I've had one, literally one. <laughs> no, no, as in the whole night, not in the last 10 minutes. One, I promise you, because <laughs> I genuinely got a bit concerned at one point with a few people's Twitter comments that people actually <laughs> thought I was drunk on the podcast. But the worrying thing for all you listeners out there is essentially what you get is me sober. This is me, real life, day to day. This is life. The real Vanessa Ryle joining us on the Festive Podcast. How is Christmas in Yorkshire coming along? Christmas in Yorkshire is really good. We don't have a tree because uh, we're not here for Christmas. And my mum is in very good form. She's kind of like wrapping presents in the dining room and I'm not allowed to go in because there's so many for me. And my friend Lucy previously brought me down 10 mince pies with almond pastry, which are delicious. And generally the vibes are good. Oh, I went to Vista Shopping Village and tried to buy some presents but bought myself a barber jacket. Are you going to Barbados for Christmas? No, no. I go to my godfather's in Chipping Norton area because I have to be in work on Boxing Day. Oh, Chipping Norton. That's not too... Okay, right. Let's first of all... Let's, I'm excited. Let's first of all... We'll, <laughs> before we find out from the lads what else they're going to be backing, let's get Vanessa Ryle's best bets for the Christmas season. It is <laughs> Vanessa Ryle's Christmas Crackers. <laughs> I, f- I feel like... I'm not I'm not feeling much confidence behind that behind the sort of the title for starters and I think we should call them Binny's Backables I think that's better Binny's Backables I'm liking that actually let's go with Binny's Backables though <laughs> alright Binny's Backables okay well who who else is on this phone call by the way what do you mean who else is on this phone call you can see them Tony Keenan oh hang on let me have a look oh and Delargy's Rory Delargy oh hi guys you've been very quiet Hi, Vanessa. Hello. <laughs> hey there. I'm excited. This is I, great. It's as like most the- men are, Vanessa, they are just dumbstruck by you and in awe of you. And that's why they were so quiet. Is that why I don't go on many dates? <laughs> Tell us your best bets, woman. EliteSingles.com. <laughs> Um, let's not go down that route. Right. I'd, I'd just like to point out, because I haven't been on this podcast, so I have no idea what anybody else has tipped up, okay? So I'm just going, and you might have already covered it, so if you have, just tell me to pipe down and we'll move on, yeah? Yes, proceed. Okay, so for the Paddy Power Chase, I've already backed Ned Stark, Ooh. basically. Um, first run for Gordon Elliott. Well, it will be if he gets there. He was declared a couple of weeks ago, but he was a non-runner. I can't remember where that was at, but it was disappointing as non-runner on the day. Um, basically, Gordon's made it pretty clear in his blogs and various different means of media that this is Ned Stark's target for the season. He was an eight-to-one shot for the Hennessy at one stage, for the Hennessy that Smad Place run for his former trainer, Alan King. And he's now fallen to a rating of... 133 and he's definitely better than that he's a grade two winner and the thing is is he's never been overly flashy he's a really really accurate jumper never been that flashy but he has definitely got some talent he just went a bit wayward at the back end of last season he was also favorite for that novice handicap chase at the festival in yeah. march 2015 and i just think that he's a horse that could easily be forgotten about but he's talented enough on his day that I'm not saying he's top class and then a competitive handicap chase like the Paddy Power there's obviously going to be loads of horses in there that are well off in various different forms but I just think that he, you know, he's only an eight-year-old now. Like, there's definitely we haven't lost all hope with him and there's going to be nobody better than Gordon Elliott to sweeten him up for a day like the Paddy Power handicap chase 
And I just think that three miles on a flat track like that is where he's excelled in the past and he never at Leopardstown. But one of his best performances was at Newbury as a novice and he jumped really well and accurately there. And I mean, that was a few years back, but I'm just not giving up hope with him yet. And as he's a horse that we know is going there and he's going to be targeted, he's going to get a nice low weight. I just think that we shouldn't be giving up on him, basically. Well, let's just hope that Ned Stark hasn't lost his head. See, is that one of those weird... What's the series that Ned Game of Thrones! Is that a Game of Thrones joke? Yes. That's gone straight over my head. Oh, it was a very... To be fair now, it was like an open goal there. Uh, Vanessa, what is your next best bet? Okay, I'm pretty sure you would have covered this because I'm pretty sure it's a race you were covering, but Peace News in the two-mile grade one novice at Leopardstown. We actually have not discussed the future champions novices hurdle yet. Oh, oh my God. Mm. Um, basically, he's, you know, ex Mullen tours now with Henry Bromhead and he won his cork maiden pretty impressively with Henry. Well, actually, it wasn't that impressive. He didn't like win by a distance or anything, but he showed a real turn of foot and he's a real... Um, you know, he, he definitely had some zip about him. And apparently, now this is only heard in the office, and I'm always wary of quoting these sort of things, but it was one of the horses that people were very, very, very sad to see leave with because I think he was known to have a bit of an engine. And his price the day that he went, the one at court, kind of reflected that. And then he fell in that Arley Beach grade one. And that was disappointing. I mean, not just the fact he fell, obviously that was really disappointing, but also he was definitely well off the bridle when he fell. I'm not sure, yeah, no, actually he was parked upon Struggle Street when he fell, unfortunately, I can't deny that. But he's a horse that I'm definitely gonna give a second chance to in grade one, two mile novice company. And actually he he surprised me because he's obviously Gigginstown owned, right? And maybe like Tony Keenan or Kevin might be able to help me out on this one. But he'd be a very un-Gigginstown horse. You know, like he's an ex-French flat horse. And they love those sort of like big chasing types. And from what I could tell on the TV, he doesn't, he looks like small and flat and I don't know, not not the type. You, there's a set type you like that the Gigginstown colors normally sit aboard. And this doesn't look like that. Am I way off the mark? Any boys over in Ireland that have seen him? Miles off. Really? <laughs> Am I actually? No, they'd, no they'd, they'd buy a few flat types. Not loads, but they would buy a few, to be fair. Okay. Well, I just thought that he just didn't fit their normal mould, but maybe I'm well, well, clearly I'm a bit wrong there. But either way, I still like him. He's obviously with Henry de Bromhead now, and he won the race with, is it Sizing John back in? Oh, back, back in the good old days. Back yeah. did Nichols Canyon fall that day actually there was the yeah. one when you went Caesars yeah. that is the that one. the day yeah before uh, we get the rest of your selections let's find out if anybody else has a selection for the future champions novices hurdle Tony uh, yeah. <laughs> what was that, that? Was good. What the was that? connection slightly broke up but I'm pretty sure that was a firm no no <laughs> Rory uh, no not for me uh, Kev? Labake, absolute certainty. <laughs> right. Uh, Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa, you're in good territory there. You can't lose, lads. By, you get by, your money back. By the sounds of things, Vanessa, you found an absolute certainty in Peace News. Uh, your, your next race that you're interested in, the next big bet, the next Binny Banker. <laughs> I'm nervous that all these Binny Bankers are not going to be bankers. But anyway, let's just roll with it. I gave it its title and I'm now regretting that a huge amount. Um... In the Welsh National, have you discussed that? Yes. What did Rory go 
folks. He's in. Not the same one that you're going for. <laughs> Go on, hit me up with yours, Rory. Um, one for Arthur. I put up at a big price. Ooh, aren't you just flash over there, hey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did anyway, Leland's boy. So if you want to talk about him, you're welcome to. Oh God, is that because Sean Boysicle told you to? No, I'm the I'm the founding member of the Freelance Boy fan club. Ooh, okay, big talk <laughs> from you. Anyway, uh, I am thinking that this now, in hindsight, is probably not a great bet, but I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> Vanessa, you can just move on to another race if you want. No, no, no. Warren Tour, okay? Okay, there's no, like, there's no scary noises from Delagi, so that makes me happy. Oh, second, second in the three-mile three um, handicap yeah. to Tottenham's open meeting, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, and he ran a really great race that day. I think, basically, the thing is with Warren Tour is he has plenty of talent, but he's a bit quirky. He's got boosted up to 139 rating, which, to be fair... He was half a length behind that Vicoint de Neuer horse. And that is rated 154. And behind them that day was Manella Rocco, who obviously was coming to challenge many clouds when he fell at Aintree. And he's rated, I don't know, 150-something now, I would have thought. Um, He's just a horse that potentially could really like the test of the Welsh (laughs) National, because as we all know, he... I mean, most horses don't like swimming around four miles at Chepstow. I mean, why would you enjoy that? But some horses do, like Mountainous. And Warren Tour just could be the quirky bastard that does like it. Um, I just who had who had four minutes? A, a, a quirk bag. That's Tony Keenan would say, wasn't that? Wasn't that it? Quirk bag. Who had four minutes before the first swear word? Go collect. Oh, that wasn't a swear word. Really? <laughs> what country really? is that not a swear word? What's that? <laughs> Move, oh, go, on, go on, go on, go on. It's going to be so cross. <laughs> anyway, um, I just think that on the form that he showed that day, people could, uh, at Cheltenham, I mean, in that Bet Victor handicap, people could think that's a bit of a fluke or that Vicoin Denoy didn't perform or that Manella Rocco didn't perform back in third. But either way, I actually don't think it was a fluke. I think he has plenty of talent. It's just on his day, he can be very quirky. And I think he's the sort of horse that could like the challenge of Chepstow so he'd be one that I will have a bet in the race and I will probably back him but I mean it's with no great certainty but I think that you know he's not a bad shout and your final Um, selection is in the Lexus chase and here you agree with Mr. Roy DeLarge um, yeah many clouds in the Lexus chase is basically I really think this could be his grade one in the bag I thought I was really impressed with him on his comeback run at Aintree. How could he not be? Basically, any time this horse tips upon the race course, you know you're going to get 100%, which I love in a race horse. I also love the fact that he jumps his other rivals into submission. They just can't, when he's taking lengths out at fences, they're chipping one in. And at Leopardstown, it's, I think, A, Leopardstown's really going to suit many clouds. I think, B, he's classier than most national winners you know he's he's i think he has the class to win a grade one chase he just hasn't really been given the opportunity so far in fact he's only contested two grade ones one of them was when he's brought down in the rsa and the other one was when he was sixth in coney Gree's gold cup which obviously isn't a great result but it was coney Gree's gold cup like you can't write him off as not a grade one chaser on that form and after all he's a national winner and he's going to be nine going on ten you know, I'm sure Rory's probably already covered this, but I just think Leopardstown will suit him. He'll go from the front. 
I'm not sure what else will go with him from the front and they're going to have to catch him and I think on his form with his new wind operation he could be all the way winner and I'm excited about him two votes from any clouds in the Lexus chase what Hard. does everyone else go for actually bollocks everyone's listened to that I'll find out later <laughs> That's a good shout. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Vanessa Ryle, and that's why we love her. Uh, Tony Keenan, what else really excites you for the Christmas period? And I'm not just talking about the mince pies and the gravy. I'm talking about the bedding gravy. What else are you interested in over the Christmas period? For the cover, a lot of the main ones there. Um, the one or the horse I'd keep in mind is um, Special Tiara. If he goes for the Desert Orchid at Kempton on the 27th, I think he'll strip an awful lot fitter than um, at Cheltenham when he went too hard in front anyway. And seemingly Armad is heading for the Ascot Chase rather than this, and that would have been the only horse I'd be worried about. So uh, I think he might be a little bit underrated off the Cheltenham run, which is nowhere as bad as it seems. And you made the point the last time you were on the show that. Henry de Bromhead probably got a nice little bonus for the fact that he skipped the Tingle Creek that that could have been the making of the horse that a couple of horses might have beaten each other up he'll go there fresh and good chance of winning a race he's won before exactly all that plays into it too okay that is, and that's your best bet I know Fane Rightly's my best bet yeah, 50 to 1 in the Lexus that's what we want to hear uh, Rory Delargy what else interests you over the Christmas period I think we've we've covered most of it to be honest. The, the tricky thing with with finding other horses is um, that there aren't many other races you can you can uh, predict runners for. Mm. So um, I've done most of of that. There is a horse who's vaguely interesting as a as a rank outsider for the Welsh National. I don't think he's going to get in the race, but a horse called Krakatoa King was with Noel Williams last season. Now with Kerry Lee, he's got two entries this week. Um, and he'd need to win to have any chance to get I think he's got no chance of getting in but the fact that Kerry Lee wants to get him um, a penalty to get in that suggests that he's um, he's one to be interested in in a long distance chase um, so he might be worth backing later in the week because he's going to be off for his life and he does stay all day he's in a banger and false lass um, so keep an eye on him but whether he turns up over the Christmas period is another matter altogether and Kevin anything else that interests you over Christmas? Uh, do you want my best bets now? No, hold on. Hold Matt's off on the best bets. No, we've, we've everything I've homeworked up on, I have one we're, more. we're covered. All right, Vanessa, give us the other horse for Binny's Bankers. Um, Robin Rowe in the Chalo Hurdle for Dan Skelton. He is a point-to-point winner, bump winner, and anyone has made in the Aintree. I think they really like him. He's just, uh, he was mighty impressive that day, and he beat uh, No Comment. JP McManus horse mm. who's since come out and I think one definitely no he's won twice since that's right he's won twice since the Philip Hobbs horse and then the horse that he beat in his bumper last season has also won twice since and Robin Rowe just walked all over no comment basically and won by 10 lengths and it was his you know first appearance over hurdles and then they nominated the Chalo there and then for him and I love it when Dan Skelton has a big race in mind for a horse like that I think ultimately they'll look, they'll look after him this season I don't think he'll have any major tough races because it's the standard cliche of he'll be better next year as a chaser and all that crap but uh, I'm still really looking forward to seeing him and in the same race a watching brief but a horse called Elegant Escape who are the Colin Tizard trained horse um, he's won two from two this season as well and he's tough he needs this trip I think he'll be a three mile he'll probably end up in the Albert Bartlett this year but he and it was second behind that Sam Sam Crow 
the horse that won today, the bumper horse. Gordon Elliott's horse. Um, yeah, uh, in his point to point and has since come out and won twice over hurdles. And he's just a horse that uh, he's a big, raw horse with Colin Tizard. And, but he needs a bit of experience. I think that he'll also run in the Chalo, but I think he wants three miles and that won't be his day. So it's a watching brief, but just keep an eye out for him for the future. He's a horse I really like. Tough and good. Look at Vanessa Ryle with all the homework done. We'll have to stick you in the bench for a few weeks more often. <laughs> really, lit, really lit a fire under you. I can tell. You've been burning the midnight oil with all this homework. I, do you know why it is actually, lads? I can tell you exactly why it is. It's because when you have me on, when I've been in like New York and Spain and on holiday, oh, sure you know, I still follow the results, but Jesus, I haven't watched every single race. Yeah. I did 18 days in work on the bounce. There wasn't a single race I didn't watch. There wasn't a single form line I didn't read. 18 days on the bounce in a windowless edit suite in ATR will yeah. make you good at all. <laughs> I, I feel while. sorry for you, and so are the listeners. Were well, enough for the fact that you were mentioning the fact that, yeah, but you know, I've been off in New York and Spain. Don't. Hey, look, hey, look, no one lives by the mantra, work hard, play hard, better than me. Facts. <sighs> Tony Keenan's best bet for Christmas is Fine Rightly, which we absolutely love because it's a 50 to 1 shot, and that's what we want to hear. Rory Delargy, your best bet for Christmas for the final Furlong podcast listeners. This will crack in the Feltham. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Take the twos on, lads. Take the twos on. It's a one-horse race. You can't lose. Uh, on the subject of, of picking out horses at big prices, one for all. You're such a show-off, Rory. You're such a show-off because I have just done my homework on, like, you know, normal-priced horses, but there you and Tony all doing this like oh we've got a 50 to 1 shot got 100 well, yeah, to 1 but shot we, we may not actually have runners so you know oh yeah you win you some gotta, you lose some I suppose yes, so hopefully one for Arthur is on coach for the Welsh National 50 um, to 1 I haven't, I haven't done my research by calling the, the trainer and asking her but um, if he is 40 to 1 is, um, is a very big price about him um, and he will do me as the best bet of the festive period happy days 40 to 1 shot for Rory after a 50 to 1 shot from Tony your best bet of the festive period Vanessa Ryle um, I'll go with uh, Many Clouds and Alexis at what is he 8 to 1 okay you're you're confusing things now because we had a best bet there. it's fine no, it's fine <laughs> letting you away with it letting you, um, see my Christmas present to you is to let you to do that Kevin Blake thanks well, the banker's identity thief, obviously. And mm-hmm. the bigger price, uh, next best, I suppose we'll call it, People's Park and the Paddy Power. Okay, so the nap is identity thief, People's Park at 20 to 1. Oh, this is great. So, you see? We have Kevin Blake, Lucky 57. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eight horses? So we can do the Lucky 15 on identity thief, People's Park, Fine Rightly, one for Arthur and if that comes off you need two more horses don't you no you don't no you don't <laughs> lucky 15 uh, if that comes off we're in gravy how many horses are lucky 50 there is no such thing <laughs> and on that bombshell what, what's everyone's what's everyone's new year's resolution new year's resolutions are for <laughs> mine is to be more like Jim Bess <laughs> exhibit A <laughs> 
And on that bombshell, we are done. Thank you so, so much uh, for listening to the final Furlong Podcast Christmas special. We hope you enjoyed it. For that matter, uh, thanks so much for listening for the year. We're not quite done yet, though. We're going to have an extra bonus quiz. Oh, lads. Which we're about to record and will be released on Christmas Eve. It features Kevin Blake, Vanessa Ryle, myself and producer D, And it will be available for you on Christmas Eve. It's something completely different. We've never done anything like it before. And we hope you like it. It'll be available Christmas Eve with the answer section available on Christmas Day. And the quiz master, Kevin Blake, ha- has been burning burning the midnight oil by the gallon to come I up like with I like the way you say Christmas quiz master we're all technically the quiz master but, but I've, come, I've come up with the questions that's the important thing and they're, they're all fiendishly difficult well not all of them but a lot of them are fiendishly difficult <laughs> are they fun or are they sort of like oh they're no no, no 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 there's no fun involved here Vanessa no fun why are you so boring <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is going to just drive people nuts basically thank you for all the kind words on social media for the uh, particularly for the Graham Wiley interview that we did <laughs> and for that matter for all the kind words throughout the season as well um, we really appreciate your support and we thank you so so much for listening uh, and saying such nice things from Tony Keenan good night and happy Christmas lads Tony well, a very merry Christmas to you and thank you very much for joining us on the podcast throughout the year you're very, you're very welcome Jesus I hate that phrase merry Christmas and I'm pleased that every man is going to be drunk over Christmas happy Christmas <laughs> let's have a happy one I hope you're back a few winners good man Tony Keenan from Rory DeLarge Happy St. Stephen's Day. (laughs) Rory, a very Merry Christmas to you. We hope you're feeling better and thank you so much. I say Merry Christmas for you specifically because of all the brandy. And I very much hope that you're feeling better. And I also want to say thank you very much for all the work you've done with us on the podcast over the year. Pleasure. From Vanessa Ryle. Oh, have a happy Christmas, guys. Happy Christmas. It's going to be great. Happy Christmas, Nessa. From producer D. Happy holidays, guys. And from Kevin Blake. Good luck! <laughs> and from me, Emma Kennedy, thank you very much for listening. A very happy Christmas. We'll talk to you again very soon on the final Fuller Podcast. God bless. We're on easy street. And it feels so sweet. Cause the world is but a treat. Should be on these